Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Hour number three. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. Stay safe out there. If you don't need to be driving on these roads, don't drive on the roads because it's it's a mess. We got the flash flooding happening. We got the fast winds, strong winds, whatever. Um, I'm going to go back and yeah, after the show, I'm going to go check and see if my gorilla is still vertical. I'm kind of hoping it's not because if it gets damaged even more, then we get a new grill, a big grill. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I appreciate the offer too, Dan, but when you're between your first email referencing a gerbil and now this one referencing some uh, GoFundMe, like that's illegal. I can't, I, I can't start a GoFundMe for a new grill on the radio. I'm not allowed. That's illegal. <laughs> Dan's trying to get me in trouble. Um, so, uh, but I appreciate the, I appreciate the sentiment from whence it came. Okay. Um, but down in Atlanta, the district attorney, Fannie Willis, improperly, this is according to a filing in court yesterday, okay, from one of Donald Trump's uh, co-defendants, his lawyers filed a, a pretrial motion. And in this motion, it outlines allegations against the district attorney that is prosecuting uh, Donald Trump, along with the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, who I think uh, he, he, uh, right, he played for the Miami Heat, I believe, and then he retired. Uh, now he's a special prosecutor. Um, district attorney Fannie Willis improperly hired... I'm just kidding. He was not an NBA. That's, that's Damon Wade or... Dayton Wade? Damon. Damon Wade? Yeah. Dwayne Wade. That's right. Dwayne the Rock Wade. Sorry. Um, District Attorney Fannie Willis improperly hired this guy, Nathan Wade. Oh, and by the way, they're apparently stooping each other. Yeah, they're having the relations. Oh, and they were having the relations while he was married. problem he's paid by her office so they're in a relationship she hires him pays him all of this money from the fulton county taxpayers and then he buys all sorts of trips that they then take together yeah that's a problem (laughs) this is a problem holy cow so here's the allegations. Um, let me go. Hang on. Let me pull up the uh, the brief here. Special prosecutor has purchased tickets for both of them to travel on both the Norwegian and Royal Caribbean cruise lines. Uh, that's how you fight, uh, fight the uh, patriarchy, I believe. Uh, traveling together to such places as Washington D.C. or New York City might make sense for work purposes in light of other pending litigation. But what work purpose could only be served by travel to this traditional vacation destination? The DA and special prosecutor have been seen in private together in and about the Atlanta area and believed to have cohabited in some form or fashion at a location owned by neither of them. Sources close to both the special prosecutor and the DA 
have confirmed they had an ongoing personal relationship during the pendency of the special prosecutor's divorce proceedings. Right? So while the special prosecutor, while Wade is going through his divorce, they're carrying on this affair. The personal relationship, according to these sources, between the district attorney and the special prosecutor began before this prosecution was initiated and before the district attorney appointed the special prosecutor. Um, uh, That research, research reveals that the special prosecutor has never tried a felony RICO case. The state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta has several lawyers who specialize in the prosecuting and defending RICO cases. Despite having access to these resources, why would the the district attorney appoint somebody who has never tried a felony RICO case, particularly one with such national significance as this one? Because she's doing her man a solid, right? That's, That's part of the deal, right? Like, You don't have any experience, but that's okay. You're going to get a lot of publicity. You're going to get paid a lot of money because the special prosecutor has run up legal fees of a million dollars. It's the biggest RICO case, racketeering case, in state history in Georgia. And the guy that they picked to run it that racked up a million dollars in legal fees has never tried a felony RICO federal case. That's a problem. It almost seems like it almost seems like the guy got the gig because of who he was stooping. Because the DA appointed him. Oh, and uh the uh the motion also says that um they didn't go through the the, the proper process to appoint him. He was supposed to have been appointed by, I think, the Fulton County commissioners. And they, and the DA never ran him through that process. Now, you could say, not necessary, whatever. I don't know how, but maybe they didn't want it coming out that this was the guy that was being appointed. Um, this is from the Washington Examiner, Brady Knox. The, the reporter um, quoting the yeah, here it is quoting the uh, the filing. The special prosecutor, based on his lack of experience in this type of felony, would not be qualified under Fulton County standards to be appointed to represent any defendant in this case, given the complexity of the charges. If the special prosecutor is not qualified to defend this case under Fulton County standards, then how is he qualified to prosecute the case? Right. Is that why the DA did not seek approval for his appointment? Because she knew he was not qualified, but wanted him in there anyway? And if so, why him? He's just such a fantastic attorney in bed. I mean, I'm sorry, I threw that last part in there. Um, seriously, like, why, why would you try to, why would you try to gift wrap this case for this guy if he's never tried a felony RICO case? The only explanation that makes sense is it's because you're sleeping with him. Why did she seek to appoint an unqualified lawyer without approval to preside over this prosecution? Fair questions. 
The bombshell public filing alleged that the special prosecutor paid for lavish Wade, Nathan Wade, uh, paid for lavish vacations that he took with Willis using the Fulton County funds that his law firm received. County records show that Wade, who has played a prominent role in the election interference case, has been paid nearly $654,000 in legal fees since January of 2022. And the DA is the one that authorizes his compensation. The motion was filed on behalf of a defendant, Michael Roman, former Trump campaign official, who's trying to have the charges against him dismissed, and for Willis and Wade and the entire DA's office to be disqualified from further prosecution of the case. Pallavi Bailey, a spokeswoman for Fannie Willis, the DA, said that the DA's office will respond through appropriate court filings. Nathan Wade did not immediately respond to a request for comment by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The document offers no concrete proof of the romantic ties between Willis and Wade, but says sources close to both the special prosecutor and the DA have confirmed they had an ongoing personal relationship. Roman's lawyer, the defendant's lawyer, said she reviewed the case file in Nathan Wade's ongoing divorce proceedings, and she made copies of certain documents, but that case file was then improperly sealed because no court hearing was held as required by law. So she goes and takes a look at the divorce proceedings, looks at the filings and stuff, starts making copies, and then somehow or another, I guess a judge seals all the records. But there's no hearing. That's improper. But because the case is under seal, the lawyer says she is not sharing the information that she got from the divorce file until that seal is lifted. And so she is now also asking for a judge to unseal the case file. This is a mess. What an absolute clown show in Fulton County. Soup to nuts, man. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, Charlotte Observer reporting uh, one person has died in a tornado that touched down in North Carolina's Piedmont area. Uh, as part of a massive storm system moving through the southeast, it left one dead, two critically injured between Claremont and Catawba, which is northwest, uh, about 40 miles northwest of Charlotte's center city. Uh, we have uh, WBT's news director, Mark Garrison, now on the line, who, uh, while most people were telling them to go inside, uh, Mark just drives around in it and, uh, <laughs> and and tells us what he sees. So, uh, okay, so you just, uh, I, I hope you're on the side of the road. You're not actively driving right now. Well, actually, I am, and I was oh. when I filed that report uh, for 2.30. The good news is in the last few minutes, that blinding rain has let up just a bit, 
and that is good news. We still have tornado warnings for the Matthews area and for the Harrisburg area. There's been some rotation spotted in some of the clouds around there, so uh, people need to uh, you know, be prepared for that and possibly take shelter in those areas. The wind, I have to tell you, Pete, this has surprised me. Uh, when I first uh, began, I'm actually trying to get to the station. Uh, when I left my house over an hour ago, I, I wasn't prepared for what I was driving through. The last time I drove through something like that was in a hurricane in Myrtle Beach. Uh, it was just a blinding rain. As I said, thankfully it's let up a little bit. There's a lot of ponding on the roads. Uh, for example, uh, Albemarle Road, where the uh, entrance ramp onto Independence, it's now a pond. Mm. I watched as some poor guy in a small car just went right in there and just got stuck. So the water's rising in some low-lying areas, so you have to be aware of that. Right, and and this is why you know uh, emergency officials always say, "Turn around, don't drown." You don't know yeah. how deep these ponds are, um, That's right? Because you, obviously you can't see the bottom of them, and you may think it looks like a puddle. And I, I, I did this uh, when I was actually a seventeen-year-old driver, um, and I learned this the hard way. I did that. I did that very thing. I thought it was just a big puddle in the middle of the road, and as I got halfway through it, the car just shuts down. You know. Yep. Mm. Not good. Yeah. You, uh, no, it is not. And it, it, like you say, it's so hard to gauge how deep that small pond is. So we're starting to see more of that. Uh, I saw power crews out working. You know, bless those guys in this uh, heavy rain. They were out uh, working uh, despite the wind and the rain trying to get power back on in a part of East Charlotte. So, uh, yeah, this, is, this has been quite a storm. Now, I'm not sure because I don't have radar in front of me here in the car. Um, if, if we've still got a lot more to come. Um, but as I say, right now we're getting just a little bit of a respite. Uh, the rain has let up just a little bit. It seems the front edge of the storm is is now uh, east of Charlotte. I'm seeing a lot of uh, pictures on social media, video on social media from uh, Albemarle area, um, power yeah. lines uh, that are down. I see a power pole that's just cracked in half. Um, and then there was another one, uh, I want to say it was at, uh, yeah, here it is, um, Harris Boulevard at I-77. Uh, there's a power line that's like the leaning tower of Pisa right now, probably just being held up because uh, because it's still connected to the other power line. So it's just leaning right over uh, the road. So there are obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, residents that are going to be without power for a while. And so, yeah, if you see the work crews, Give them a lot of room, and uh, and we thank them for for doing the work. They're always the uh, sort of the unsung heroes in these types of events, whether it's ice storms or snow storms or uh, yeah. high wind events like this. Absolutely, uh, Bryant Park, which is a, a ball field just below uh, WBT, <laughs> it's fully covered in water. I can't tell how deep it is. I rode by there a few minutes ago. And it's very deep, so uh, that that ball field is covered. I suspect some others are as well. Yeah, well, and that's uh, th this was uh, I remember like these debates going back years when the county started buying up a lot of these uh, low lying areas around the creeks for greenways and parks, and a lot of people were mad, uh, saying that the county shouldn't be doing this. But um, but this is the this is why they do it. This is the purpose is because those areas flood all the time, and so. Yeah. 
don't just buy it up, make it parkland, and then it, it, whatever damage it sustains, it, it doesn't matter because it's just a it's just a ball field. It's just a big patch of grass, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Versus uh, what were the apartments that always flooded every year over in East Charlotte? The Doral apartments. Yes, the Doral apartments. Yeah, I don't even know if they're still around. Uh, did they finally get? Did they finally buy those up and and tear them down? You know. I'm trying to remember they are there, but I'm not sure if the city has owned has uh, taken them over and uh, tried to do anything and put the residents out or not. That's a good question. I'm not sure. That's yeah. along Monroe Road. There are some low-lying areas there, by the way, that, uh, that where we've seen some ponding as well. Yeah. Yeah, that would always be the place every all the media would go when any time it rained. You just go to the Doral Apartments because you know that the Charlotte Fire Department's going to be doing swift water rescues out of apartments. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, anything else you got to report? I guess you're 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 uh, safely back at the uh, uh, at the studio now. Uh, not quite, but almost. Uh, but as I say, the rain has let up in the last few minutes, which is a good thing. Still a bit windy, and we do and we do. Uh, uh, we do have these uh, tornado warnings for the next few minutes to be mindful of as well. So this yeah. has this turned out to be uh, quite a storm. Yeah. Usually, and I feel like this is an odd time of year for this kind of storm. I, I, I always yeah, think of these is. things being more like spring or fall. Oh, this feels very much like an April storm. You're exactly right. And yeah. here we are in the middle of January, so it is very unusual. Yeah. Uh, Mark Arison, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Stay safe. All right. Take care. It's Mark Arison from the WBT uh, News Department. Um, There is a tornado watch until 9 p.m. So I'm just going to run through the... the alerts here, and uh, as uh, local meteorologist Brad Panovich says, uh, treat these severe thunderstorm warnings as potential tornado warnings because they can pop up so fast, uh, especially on that front edge. You've got this uh, of the storm, the front edge of the storm, severe thunderstorm warning Anson and Stanley. Um, that is until 3 p.m. Uh, Mecklenburg is until 2.45, so just another uh, minute or two. Union County also until 2.45. Stanley, North Carolina. Um, this is, uh, it doesn't say till when here on the, the yeah, it doesn't say till when. Um, and Chester and York, Chesterfield, Lancaster. Uh, those are all severe thunderstorm warnings for another few minutes. Flood warnings. Um, and the flood warnings uh, are all day long until, they're saying until, yes, 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. See, because the thing to keep in mind also is all the rain comes down, yes, and it floods, but then all that land gets saturated, and then all of the runoff makes its way down to those low-lying areas and then into the tributaries and then into the rivers and lakes. And so it takes, you know, half a day or so for all of that water to make its way down into the water system. So uh, the flooding can be expected to continue for a while. Hopefully, uh, um, along a lot of the roads, it'll kind of get off the roads. But around the creeks and the rivers and uh, lakes, it's going to be, you're going to have high watermarks. Russ says, please tell morons to turn off their hazards. I know it's more likely they are getting eviscerated by you on Twitter than listening to your program, but it's worth a shot. (laughs) Yeah, well, this... Look, this goes back to this. There is a debate. Should you turn on the hazards when you're driving in terrible conditions like this? And technically, you really shouldn't. Hazards are only when you're, like, stopped. You shouldn't be driving with the hazards flashing. You should, however, have your lights on. You should definitely do that. Robert, welcome to the program. Hello, Robert. 
Hey, Pete, glad you're feeling better. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm just glad to be vertical. <laughs> well, you sound like you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been out conducting business uh, for the last three hours on the roads in Cornelius and all over uh, Cornelius and northern Huntersville, Brookdale area, et cetera. Right now I'm on 73, headed back uh, uh, towards um, the Brookdale area. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, by the first of all, Pam's uh, weather warnings are being heated. The, the there's very light traffic on the roads, and there's been very light traffic for the last three hours uh, everywhere that I've been. Um, the only the only area that I've seen that looks like it could be a problem that I have seen uh, is r- very near the Burkdale area there, um, North Cross at seventy three which is a low area there, just almost beside Brookdale, and that water is getting very, very high there. Hmm. Um, and I know that that area has flooded in the past. So um, I've only seen one, one uh, or I've only been in one uh, period of very, very heavy torrential rain, and that was about an hour and a half ago. The rest of the time, the rain, quite honestly, has not been too bad. Right now it's raining, but it's not raining all that hard where I am. I'm... Uh, very near Brookdale right now. Yeah. Isn't that, uh, well, the Huntersville area, wasn't there like the big, they wanted to build a big lagoon? Like, if they had gotten that zoning approval, I think they would have been pretty well on their way to filling that thing today. I don't know. Well, I must say I'm not too, I'm not all that familiar with that for that project. I live in Davidson. But uh, just one other quick point. You were talking about Mexico and, and the U.S., yeah, and what our options are with Mexico. We have a lot of options with Mexico. We have a lot of leverage with Mexico. We should not, of course, Biden's default and liberals' default is to pay them, pay them, uh, what is it, $20 billion to yeah. help us out. We, uh, we have leverage over them all the time, but we're not willing to do what it takes. The damage has been done down there. We, we've let in countless millions of illegal immigrants and Biden is just looking for a fig leaf or a Band-Aid to try to provide some political cover. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he wants the issue to die down enough before the election so it's not an albatross. Um, uh, but the, the problem is, yeah, the word has gone out. It's swept through the entire world. People are coming. We're, we, people are coming from all over the world. Um, so, yeah, like one of the things, Ron DeSantis has talked about this. You, you tax the remittances, Right. Because that's their economy. Uh, a lot of these countries in Central and South America, their economies rely on the money being sent back, and uh, you you go after that, and a lot of this, a lot of this, I think, gets solved. Um, you go after employers, um, and yeah, you have you have tighter border control, not just with the wall and security on the southern borders, but also the overstaying of visas. Right, the people who fly in and they're supposed to just be here on tourism or education visas, and then they then they never go home. Right, we lose track of them. So there are all sorts of ways to shore it up, but all we are lacking is the will, not not the amount of options. I agree. Yeah, Robert, I appreciate the call, man. Let me go over here and get Jeff on real quick. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. I got about thirty seconds. All right. Well, I was just going to say everybody in this city and maybe the country needs to go back to driver training because they are not making four-way stops <laughs> out of the traffic lights that are out. Like they are four-way uh, stops, people. Park. Yeah. I went from South Park to uh, Mint Hill and almost all the lights were out until I got to 
uh, uh, independent. Brutal. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, stay safe, Jeff. I appreciate the update. Please listen to Jeff. He is wise. Treat them all as four-way stops. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.